Or should we say we're just beginning? Yes, that's true. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am Natalie Bohensky, and with me, as always, is Stuart Late. And you might remember us from episodes of this... Oh, shut up, kittens! The kittens are growling. It's very ominous. That's how you know that it's for real, <laughs> that we're back, because there are kittens around. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Natalie and Stu, if you were a, a fan of the Game of Thrones season five podcasts that we did in 2015, we have decided to go back to where it all began. We're going to do it properly. Do it properly. We're going to watch every episode of Game of Thrones and do a brief podcast summing up each one. Yes. Because we want to be really right on top of season six when it starts. Because, Stu, you know, this is it. There's no book to go. We don't know what's coming. We're in uncharted territory. It's amazing. We need to be totally prepped and ready. For whatever HBO is going to throw at us, because it's not going to be what George R. R. Martin is throwing no, at us. Anymore. No, that's right. The so, poor guy. Yes, I should. Um, I'm just going to start with a brief caveat to say that at this stage of recording of this podcast, so I have actually left Fairfax Media. I was mm. the recap respondent for Game of Thrones for Fairfax, and I have left. I've gone to another job. I'm now working in government, so that's you know been a big change for me. However, I want to rest assured and let people know that I will still be recapping the show. I don't know where it might be yet because I don't know if Fairfax would you know, have me back. Um, they might have other plans and that's totally fine, but I will, you know, Hey, I'll find a blog and put it up. That's how it that's started. It. And it's... one one way or another, we're going to be doing these podcasts. Exactly. So... We'll still be doing the podcast. So I will be writing the recaps. I just don't know where yet. So if you are on Facebook, you can follow facebook.com slash Natalie's throne. And that's my page, which is mostly game of Thrones mm-hmm. stuff. Although actually at the moment, it's been all about celebrity deaths. Yes. So we're, we're starting these podcasts in January of 2016. We figure we'll need several months to get through them all before April 25 when mm. game of Thrones starts. <laughs> and it's just been celebrity death. Pretty much. Is- yeah. Lemmy, the, the uh, heavy metal musician died at the end of 2015. And that kind of set the tone for the next couple of weeks because we've lost David Bowie David and Alan Bowie. Rickman Alan- in one week. Okay. Why was Alan Rickman never in Game of Thrones? Well, and that's the tragedy. Now he never will be. Oh, he could have been so many characters. <laughs> you just imagine those that, that voice saying some of these lines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do a good Alan Rickman. Uh, he was brilliant and such a huge influence on me, particularly as the Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood. But speaking I, of beloved characters uh, dying, yeah, okay. let's let's get into Game of Thrones. This is, well, this is what I was going <laughs> to say, Stu, is that going back and watching Game of Thrones is kind of a lighthearted antidote to the terrible sadness it, that's <laughs> the start of 2016. Which gives you an idea of how dire the start of 2016 is when Game of Thrones is the lighthearted antidote to that. I mean, the only people who died in the first episode was, well, John Aaron, and that was a, a kind of off-screen That was an off-screen death. death, and we didn't Very really bloodless. know John Aaron at this stage yeah. of the series. So. so we're not that invested. No. And a bunch of Dothrakis who died being skewered. And Ned Stark killed that guy who deserted the wall. Yes. Oh, and all those people got slaughtered by yes. the White Walkers north of the wall. So actually, there was quite a bit of death. So there was quite a bit of death (laughs) in the first episode. Fair enough. I should actually get the air dates and stuff for this, but this was early 2016. So we're probably talking, I think it was like March or so. Mm. 20, oh God, 2016. March 2011. 2011. 2011. Yeah. That's five years ago now. That's, That's five years ago. Wow. That's so messed up. That is crazy. Oh, that's messed up. I hadn't met my wife. Oh, I, I hadn't started like going out with my wife at the time this, this show started. Yeah. Well, I hadn't <laughs> started at Brisbane Times. Mm. I was still at uh, 4BC, 4BC Radio. Radio. 
uh, in 2011 and that it would be a whole nother year before I did the election campaign. And then later in 2012, <laughs> I left 4BC and went to BT and now I've left BT and gone to it. I mean, who would have thought that so much can change in five years in your life? Yes, you wouldn't think so, but there you are. <laughs> five years in our life is probably more like five days in Game of Thrones. That's time, right. So let's, it's a very eventful universe. So we just want to chat about some of the things that we noticed. And I think something that came up regularly is, oh my God, look how young everyone is. And also how alive How alive they are. Everyone look is. at how alive and unmaimed most of these people are. Yeah, look at how Theon Greyjoy still has a penis. <laughs> That magical time. And in fact, we haven't got to that episode. We'll probably talk about it. I think it's the second episode or something where um, that we, we get proof that he had a penis. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> one of the few sort of um, schlong shots. Indeed. Uh, a sly One One for the shot. ladies and, yeah. and some of the fellas. We did, however, get a scene of uh, Rob Stark, Jon Snow and Theon shirtless getting haircuts. And actually, I, I did point out that, that was, that's actually the first bit of gratuitous uh, half-nudity in the entire show. Yeah. So, you know, we uh, strike a It strike wasn't gratuitous. It was perfectly but... justified. They were being bathed, ready for a party. Totally <laughs> <laughs> justified. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what did we notice so far? Well, first of all, that opening sequence, pre-credit sequence, where the watch, uh, the rangers go out. Well, this is the thing. Like, So we, we sat down today, and we're, we're going to record a couple of these today, but we sat down, and this was the first one. It's the first episode of the first season. It's very cool to, to watch, and I was expect- I was excited for the theme tune, because you always get excited yeah. for the theme tune when you watch Game of Thrones, and it didn't come on, and I was expecting it to come on, and instead we got that sequence that everyone knows with the, the White Walkers yeah. outside of the wall. And I'd completely forgotten about that sequence. And it's, but we were saying it's a bit strange out of, like, like in context with the rest of the series. Like, it's strange to watch that now and sort of go, hang on, so the White Walkers, like, how far north of the wall are they? Mm. Are the White Walkers down south? Why are they even doing this other than the fact that it's a spooky, cool opening for the show and for the books, I guess? Why were the bodies all kind of there carefully laid out in sort of a pattern? And then when the rest came, they'd gone. Mm. So because there are white walkers and then there are whites, which are the kind of the zombies that we see later on in, you know, famous sort of more recent episodes like Hard Home. But the white walkers are the guys in charge with the blue eyes. Mm. So what happened to them? And what happened to that little girl? You see her kind of stabbed to a tree. You know? And then you see her... And then you see her blue-eyed, blue and she's a White Walker. But mm. as we saw in later episodes, like, they took babies from Craster and took them off to, you know, some sort of... What is the place where Superman goes when he's sad? Fortress the of Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a zombie <laughs> Fortress of Solitude. And uh, they, they point them and they go, their eyes go blue. So did she just get made a blue-eyed person there? Well, who knows? We don't know. Are we making we, any we sense? Might, we might find out. Should, we might not. Know, it's, it's entirely possible that we're digging entirely too deeply yeah. into what was po- probably just meant to be a cool, spooky opening to a show. Possibly. But, but it yes. did set up very much a sense of difference and a sense of what is going on. That's right. Well, I remember when I watched the show for the first time, when I watched this episode, that opening was what hooks you. You sort of go, oh, wow, this is really cool and but interesting. Then they, but then they don't go back there. Well, mm. I suppose you see the guy then arrested running south of the wall. But yes. you don't see, like, how did he escape? How did he get that far? You know, it's... it's he gets know, a fair way. <laughs> he gets a fair way to get from the wall down through Brandon's gift. That's the part of land, because, you know, I've memorised the map. of have <laughs> tattooed on my back. Uh, makes it really hard to see, though. It's very impressive, though. Got, I've got Brandon's gift somewhere around my left clavicle. <laughs> um, 
Is that a thing that you have a clavicle? I don't know. Um, so, uh, so then you see the Starks, and we don't know. Or, and, and okay, reminder that I came into this never having read the books, hmm. not knowing anything about the story. Me, me too. So I, I haven't read the books. I don't know. I'm assuming there are good guys and bad guys, but it's not hmm. clear straight away if the Starks are good guys because they immediately sort of. I mean, you see them as a family shooting arrows and stuff like that, and it's a bit cheeky and nice. Yeah. But then they go and Ned Stark beheads a guy, and it he seems chops a dude's head off. Yeah. And because we've seen what he went through, it seems really harsh. It's yeah. Like, but he's seen this crazy shit. And I think I think that's good. It's good that the show establishes out of the gate that it's not going to be a cut and dried black and white, you know, good guys versus bad guys mm. story. Like you know, the person who ostensibly. I mean, I think we all sort of recognise that Sean Bean at this stage, like Ned Stark, is one of the good guys, but he's also a dude who's so honour bound that he, without question, really, will just chop a dude's head off because he deserted his post. Mm. And so we get that sense very early on that you know, duty matters in this universe. Um, you know, uh, and lack of duty matters and that it's not going to be, you know, the good guys are the good guys all the time and the bad guys are the bad guys and, ooh, they're horrible. Mm. You know, it's going to be much more shades of grey. And I think, you know, it's really interesting that this show comes out of the gate with that mission statement very strongly in the first episode. It's really good. What about some of the other storylines? Like, we see Robert Baratheon and, like, oh, my God, Sean Penn, it's so good. Robert Baratheon. It's so good to see Robert Baratheon. Robert Baratheon is such a great character, um, and Mark Addy plays him so mm. well. Like, he's just this big, jolly, rambunctious... And all these people king. turn up in the North, you know, and... They're and all alive, and this is the thing. Alive. Like, everyone's there. It's like, it's like going to a class reunion where everyone somehow came back from the dead. It's very yeah. strange. And Joffrey's there, and, and you're Joffrey's like, there. He's so... You don't see any of his kind of bad side in episode one. He doesn't have any speaking parts, I don't yeah, think. He you just, just has see some him lines. kind of looking at Sansa and looking a bit, you yeah. know, sweet and blonde. And, and you know what comes later, and you're just like... You little bastard. And the hound, you see the hound? Yeah, and he has a brief speaking part. And I did mention to you too as well, Stu, is that the um, music, you know, they have uh, some of the musical underscoring mm. is specific to characters, so we haven't heard it ever again. We haven't heard Robert's theme. So Robert's theme, that da-da-da-da-da, that great big yeah. brassy sort of a number. Which is, a great, which is gr- a great theme. It's really good. It's such good music, but of course... Very it's, high fantasy. It's, like it's tied to him. Yeah, and, and he, it goes away, obviously. Yeah, and we don't hear it again. So it's nice to kind of even hear those sensory things, um, feel those sensory things, experience those sensory yes. elements of the show that we don't get anymore. Mm. Daenerys, now we were having a chat about this. Daenerys... In the first series, I remember not super liking Amelia Clark, and, and, and I remember thinking she was the weak link of the show. Yeah, and that opinion hasn't really changed uh, on yeah. a rewatch. And it She's was her first big role. Yeah, absolutely. It's insane so, to think she went basically from drama you know, school, drama school to Game of Thrones. Like that was the first thing she did, and it kind of shows. Like she's very young and very inexperienced, and I guess that fits the character. Yeah, and they they obviously saw something in her that you know that, that I remember at the time they were saying they wanted. They wanted to have someone who could be the shy, naive girl mm. and then become the warrior queen that she then becomes. And obviously she has done that over the course of the series. Mm. But in these episodes, she just seems, like, slow. Yeah. She just, like... She it's seems not really even, dopey. Yeah, it's not like, even that... What's happening to me? Yes. <laughs> Is this real life? And not even in, like, a, a naive or a spaced out sort of way. It seems like she actually has some mental problems. <laughs> Um, it's very well, strange. Let's let's face it. The Targaryens were notorious <laughs> well, inbreeders. Right. 
So that these does fit. things it's were bound a, to manifest. In character, it's fine. So what else have I written down? Um, yeah, Viserys, her brother. Yes. He's a real nasty piece of work. Wonderful villainy character. Yeah. Right? yeah. So glad. And that, that, that actor is very good at playing those villainy parts. He's very good. He is. And we were just um, re- reminding ourselves that it's Roger Allen, I think is his name. He plays mm. Illyrio from Pentos. That kind of oh, yes. Yeah, who I, who I just now have realised is one of the politicians in the thick of it, yeah, the British he's, sitcom. He's been in loads of movies. He's got the, one of those beautiful round, you know, talking about yes. Richmond, but Roger Allen's like this beautiful, beautiful British, voice, deep, yeah. you know, and he was the voice, I think, in V for Vendetta, yes, or the, yeah. the voice of Britain, or whatever mm. it's called, but he's also now in Inspector Morse, like the, not reboot, prequel series to Inspector Morse oh, called okay. Endeavour, all right. so it's all about Inspector Morse as a young police detective in the 60s, like learning his right. way from an older mentor, and Roger Allen is the older I mentor. had no idea they were even doing that, but now that's on my yeah, list of things to watch. It's really... It's really quite amazing. I've, I've seen a few eps, but I haven't... Because it's not John Thor, who was so Inspector yes, Morse. Yes, exactly. And it's a weird thing when Inspector Morse was known as being this kind of crotchety older man. Yes. It's weird to go back and see him being this see kind him being of like a young, young buck. Young, yeah. It's an, odd, it's an odd thing. But anyway, who else have we got... Jamie is uh, like Jamie Lannister, like Prince Charming in this he's thing. He's so pretty boy, <laughs> and even Tyrion is. You know, he's still very blonde. Like they, they yeah, I, they stopped dyeing their hairs, their hair blonde much. at some point. because well, um, Jamie had the big, the, the kind of the buzz cut at one point. Yes, so he's just kind so of sandy, kind of mousy. Yeah, exactly. And Tyrion just ended up with more. Just Tyrion basically tips. has brown hair now. Like it, it's quite funny because yeah. like, he's meant to have quite sort of light coloured mm. hair. In the books, apparently, and now he's got that dark brown, beard, bushy beard yeah. and and hair and stuff. But you know, that's I guess character development through yeah. hair. <laughs> I don't and know. His face is so smooth because now he's kind of got that grizzly beard and the scar. He's got the scar and everything, and yeah, he's become a much different character. They're both battle worn, yeah. and and it's funny thinking about Jamie particularly because he looks so young and handsome and untouched. Mm. But he's the one who stabbed. Um, Ares Targaryen. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's happened in the past of this episode. So it's y- yeah, it's seventeen years. He's still got a lot of things weighing on him. Seventeen, mm. eighteen hundred years old. There is that one shot though where he sort of takes he takes off his helmet, he kind of ruffles his hair, and he puts his hand at his yeah. sword, and that's obviously a hero shot. They yeah. told him to do that, but it's just so funny to see him being such the dashing prince, being so, so. like I am shit. <laughs> I've been reading some of the books or getting trying to read some of the books to get up to speed. And, you, of course, reading the books, you get a lot more backstory about, um, you know, characters' internal motivations and mm. thoughts and stuff like that. And one of them is, is Jamie talking about Cersei and how he never – he only ever loved Cersei. Mm. He was never interested in other women. Yes. Uh, uh, whereas Tyrion, obviously, we catch Tyrion. Has first, great uh, interest in many different women. Many different women mm. at, at, you know, multiple times or, indeed, at the same time as we see in this episode. <laughs> Close the door. Um, but we were talking about this, how he really had that character just nailed from the opening. From the start. Like, like you see that first scene with him and Roz in the in the brothel and he's Tyrion. Yeah. And, and then later on he has that scene with, uh, with Jon Snow. And again, like it's just Tyrion out of the gate. Like some, char- some actors take a, a few episodes or even maybe an entire season to sort of ease into their characters as we come to know them. But he is Tyrion Lannister from the start, mm. and it's really good to see. Like going back, it's like, oh no, he had this down. Like, yeah. like there's a reason everyone points to Dinklage as his standout performance of the of the series because he is. Yeah. He's amazing. He's really, really good. So we end with the shot of Bran falling out of the or being pushed out of the tower, having come across Jamie and Cersei mid coitus interruptus. Yeah, twin sister. Twin sister. Yeah, it was. It, you know, it's just quite a 
I remember at the time sort of having this whole like, oh, but so are they really? But they were, aren't they brother and sister or maybe they're brother and sister? So that. Yeah. So oh. a lot, a lot of people were very confused at that point as to what the relationships were yeah. between the characters. They were like, hang on, I thought they were brother and sister. It's like, yes, they are. You know, I'm trying to remember that state of mind I was in because I watched this one episode and then it was actually many weeks before I then mm. binged on the rest of the series. Okay? Yeah. And I, I think it was probably because while I enjoyed it well enough, you know, there was a lot of different threads. And now, of course, I know everyone. It, everything's perfectly clear. Yeah. I, I know who everyone is. But I, I remember, I'm trying to remember that that feeling that I had of going, who's so... And why are they, and who, how do they fit together? And and why would they be doing that? But yeah, so it's it's been interesting reading the books and getting some of that backstory about, say, Jamie, he only ever loved Cersei and, Mm. you know, he's fiercely kind of devoted to her and all that sort of stuff, which you get in the show, but yeah. yeah. Totally. It's all there. And like the one thing, like I know we said at the start um, that the theme song, I was waiting for the theme song, but the opening credits as well. And I know we've said this on the podcast before, but it really bears repeating. It's incredible what they do with them is that they give you a TV version of the maps that go at the start of, mm. of fantasy novels just to let you know where everything is. Yeah. So instantly, before you've even started watching the show, you know where King's Landing is, you know where the wall is and where Winterfell is, you know where they are in relation to each other, you know that one's quite a long way from the other and all that sort of stuff. Like, that's the broad sort of details you get. And it sets you up for the, if you're paying attention you can you have that information mm. straight away. So it's it's really amazing what this show did in its very first episode, like straight out of the gate. Because there'd never been a show like this now. Like, you know, there's there's all sorts of shows like this now. Yeah. Or similar to it. Like I think there's a there's a Shinara show now. There's a sort uh, there's a there's a TV show for like like a, a network TV show based on the sort of Shinara Chronicles I don't, and um, I don't like fantasy. Yes. <laughs> Into them. You could have fooled me. Not into them. <laughs> I'm into this show, and you know, and what what captivated me about this show, which I'm sure we'll get into, is the intrigue and the politics. Yes. Because yeah. it wasn't hugely fantasy. You know, we see Daenerys being given the three dragon eggs. That was the selling point. But they're just dragon eggs. They're That's just right. Yeah. Novelties. Um, and just before we go, I just want to point out the lovely layering that they did there, where Daenerys, sort of beautifully naked as she is, steps into her bath, and yes. her assistant says, "You know, it's too, it's too hot." And you sort of think, oh, that's just what people say to kids before you get into a bath. Not, yes. not yet, it's too hot. So you don't think anything of it. But, of course, that's laying the groundwork for her Absolutely, yeah. being resistant to fire. So it's lovely stuff. It's all there. It's all there on the screen. So should we then uh, put a pin in episode one? I'm sure there'll be things we've forgotten. But um, join us. What we're doing is watching an episode doing a podcast. So if you want to rewatch, then... You know, join us. These little podcastlets, little yeah, just to kind of popcorn podcasts. You know, watch an episode at night before you go to bed. Put us on while you're brushing your teeth. You know, <laughs> try not to choke with laughter at how funny we are. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, hopefully you'll join us as we we now one out of fifty down. Wow, forty nine to 50? go. Fifty five series of ten episodes each, Stu. Oh, yeah. Let's get cracking on episode let's, two. Let's, let's get right to that. And as we always say, how do we do this again? <laughs> Valamogulas. Winter is coming. Yeah.